Hi, I'm Joshua Fletcher, also known as Anxiety Josh, and I'm a qualified therapist and previous sufferer of crippling anxiety. Thank you for tuning in. The Panic Pod is part of the School of Anxiety, which is my project to help as many people as I can with the condition. The School of Anxiety includes this podcast, my self-help books, do-it-at-home courses, and my popular weekly newsletter. If you'd like to get this free newsletter every week directly from me, then sign up in 30 seconds at schoolofanxiety.com or in my bio on social media. There you'll hear success stories, did it anyways, psychoeducation, my tip of the week, and an introduction to this week's podcast guest, if there is one. I hope you enjoy the episode, and remember, you are not broken. Welcome to the Panic Pod. This episode is entitled Holiday Anxiety, and I'm joined by uh, a guest that we've had on before, one of my favorites, Mr. Drew Linsalata, and he's going to talk to us about holiday anxiety too. Uh, I'm really looking forward to recording this episode. Um, how are you this morning, Drew? What time is it over in New York? I'm good, Josh. It's 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Nothing like early morning podcast recording. Early morning podcast recording. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I was just discussing Drew about his uh, draconian Facebook measures in his Facebook group. (laughs) How it's uh, it's against the rules to have a have a a sense of humor. (laughs) So (laughs) because that triggers anxiety. Do you know what else triggers anxiety? Holidays for some people. So I holidays. hear we call um, vacations here in the U.S. Vacation, holiday anxiety, yeah. vacation anxiety. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had vacation anxiety, Drew? Uh, sure. Hell yeah. When I was at my worst, uh, going on holiday, going on vacation was, it just felt like one of those out of the question things. No way. You might as well ask me to go to Mars. Same thing. Yeah, Because going on holiday, going on vacation, um, it evokes anxiety in a lot of people. Um, this was sort of requested that episode to do, and I thought, okay, well, that, well, we're going to address the different types. So, people who have holiday anxiety, vacation anxiety, um, they might be anxious because they struggle with agoraphobia and, and panic attacks. What if I'm so far from home that I can't cope? These are the people that might, you know, Google safe places, hospitals, whatever. You've got people that are maybe afraid of flying and they're afraid of the journey to the holiday. And then you've got people who with, you know, productivity anxiety who are afraid to do nothing on holiday and relax, Mm -hmm. panicogenic relaxation, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, uh, well, I'm I'm only functioning in fifth gear all the time and I don't know how I'll cope if I'm in first gear. Um, and so on and so forth. Or just people just afraid of new places. People afraid of maybe they're going to a foreign country and they're and they're a bit afraid of what what might happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several, uh, but I think the, what we should start with, kind of beginning, is probably the most common from people who struggle with anxiety disorders, and it usually is the agoraphobia route isn't it it's i'm leaving my safe space and going into the unknown um i've struggled with that many years ago and i know you have so maybe that might be a nice place for us to start sure Uh, what so what would yours look like so you and your family have booked a holiday drew you go into uh i don't know 
where's where's nice in America? You go into somewhere nice in America. Newark. Go, yeah, that's it. That's where you're going. Or you go into Disneyland because you want to sure. punch Mickey Mouse in the face. Um, I would totally do that. What happens? Everyone's excited, but suddenly you've got an anxiety disorder at the time. What yeah. happens? What's the process there? Well, yeah, everybody in the family is excited because they want to go. And all I can think about is maybe there'll be a massive fire and Disneyland will burn down and then we'll be able to cancel. Like literally, I would have those those thoughts. I, of course, you wouldn't want anybody to get hurt or anything like that. You're not truly wishing for disaster. But from the minute it became even an idea for me, there would be that absolute storm of like, how can I find a way to wiggle out of this? Even though I know I don't want to wiggle out of it, but I so desperately do. And I would, you know, literally think that like maybe something will happen. There'll be a hurricane and we won't be like flight will be canceled. and We won't be able to go. Something. So it's wishful thinking. You oh, wish, wishful thinking from avoidance. So, you know, you've got vacation anxiety yeah. when your immediate response is, I don't want to go. Maybe I can avoid it. Now, why, why would we avoid it? Drew? Why, why, why were you having that as a reaction? Oh, it was, you know, for me, it was almost textbook panic disorder, agoraphobia stuff. Like, you know, uh, if I get too far from home, I'm going to panic. You know, I'm going to panic. I'm just going to have panic attack on, you know, on the way to the airport, in the airport, on a plane. Like, I'm just going to panic. I can't do it. How am I going to get back to home? Yeah. Um, my yeah. safe space. My safe space. Right. Mm -hmm. I had built that bubble that was acceptable and safe. And like, I can't go out of that. That's crazy. You know, I knew that I had to go out of it, but I, I emotionally, you don't want to leave that. Yeah, and just just to reiterate, if you if you've only just tuned into this and not heard any other Panic Pod episodes before, um, Drew and I have previously had uh, anxiety disorders. We're talking from um, the perspective of educators, people who've kind of overcome it. But at the time, yeah, I I, I mean, I I couldn't even leave leave my my house when someone even suggested going over to the park or even just going a weekend away. That's you know maybe an hour away. I would get kind of vacation holiday anxiety never mind like f flying hundreds yeah. of thousands of miles somewhere Imagine. um but i'll lay down a marker straight away holiday anxiety or vacation anxiety is predominantly what if i can't cope in this situation it's just that it's what if i panic and i can't cope what if i feel lost and can't cope what if i end up on my own and can't cope um what if there's my flight back is cancelled or or whatever and or I become unwell and I can't cope um what happens is when we're with with anxiety disorders when we when our anxious response perceives leaving our comfort zones as threat that will that will mix with our imaginations and it will try to just conjure reasons why you should be apprehensive so, you know, Drew and I will outline some of the most common thoughts and behaviors people do. I'm going to start with number one, Drew. Mm -hmm. um, when I go on holiday, I need to Google uh, the nearest hospital, even though I'm, you know, even though I am have a full bill of health. Don't get me wrong. It's a bit different if you've got chronic conditions or you've got a health yeah. conditions. It's okay to be sensible if you have that. That's fine. But in general, if you've got a clean bill of health um, and you non-anxious you wouldn't be doing that then that's the first one where's the nearest hospital just in case something bad happens yeah have you got one drew yeah i, I would often wonder <clears throat> excuse me i would wonder is my phone gonna work am i gonna have cell service because what if i have to call there's an emergency and i have to summon help rescue of some site you know yeah 
Are we going here? Uh, what if we're going onto a beach or into the woods or the you know the forest where there's no cell service? Like that would be terrifying to me back in those days. Because why? Oh, I need help. I'm going to need rescuing. Yeah. You know, at, at that point. I mean, of course, you know, we never actually needed rescuing, but at the time, I, my anxious brain was convinced that I might need to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one. I've got one. Mm. What about? Um, what if I panic so badly on the flight? But when I land, I can't get back on the plane and return home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's so funny. Back in my worst days, I used to have a recurring dream that, um, that somehow, now I live in New York, but I would, I would you always dream that I wound up in San Francisco, on the other side of the United States. I don't mm -hmm. know how I got there, but I was there in my dream. And now I had to figure out how the F am I going to actually get home? I have to get on. I don't know how I got here. There's yeah. no way I can fly home. It was, it was a terrifying dream. And I would have it again and again and again. That's a that's a that's an anxiety disordery dream, isn't it? Oh, totally. It was the one that was the one anxiety disorder dream I would have repeated. Oh, wow. San Francisco, always lovely city. I don't know why I was afraid of it, but I was. Do you have another example of uh, continuing this game of you know you've got vacation anxiety when? Yeah. Yeah, here's another one that I had a little bit because for me, there was always that like, oh, I'm fail failing as a dad or I'm a terrible partner. Like I would think those things. And I know a lot of people have, so to me, it would be like, I'm going to ruin it. And then it gets exacerbated for some people that have that that personality trait where like, oh no, I, I'm responsible for keeping everybody happy and making mm. it perfect. And what if I ruin everyone else's holiday? So With, I, well, I would, how would you ruin everyone's holiday? With your anxiety? Oh, well, sure. I mean, you know, we've talked about this, you know, anxiety will tell you that it is the most important thing in the universe, not only to you, but it should be to everybody else. Yeah. So if I'm panicking and I need them to, to save me and I just want to stay in the hotel room and I can't leave, I'm going to ruin everybody's time. Yeah. Which is it's, such a it's just really sad, isn't it? When people think that, and, and, uh, and I hear that quite a lot from clients or people reaching out. Mm -hmm. There's some people on my course recently actually saying that, um, because as much as I love my course, I wish I'd have included something about kind of uh, sort of about guilt because I think guilt comes up quite a lot, and guilt is actually a t something that anxiety uses. It can, anxiety can weaponize guilt to make you avoid. So yeah, you know, what's the what, what's the point in you going on because you're just going to be an anxious burden, and everyone's you know not going to have a nice holiday. Well, if you're one of those, I highly you know strongly suggest that. <laughs> their ability to have fun is their responsibility. And if they do kind of care about you and love you unconditionally, they'll be happy for you to be there and understand that actually it's difficult for you to go on holiday. Unfortunately, you know, we do live in the, in the, in the real world. So I, you know, I've heard of stories of like, you know, ra rather than, a partner being supportive for someone going on holiday for the first time in years, which you should be with anxiety disorders. It's like, oh, well, you're just going to be anxious, going to ruin it, you know, and a very hard line with that. I'm just like, why are you with that person? They sound yeah. awful. Yeah. You know, absolutely. How selfish is that? Um, you know, so, yeah, go easy on yourself, you know. You probably, here's one, you're probably not going to enjoy most of your first holiday. That's a big one right and there. That, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always say all the time when, you know, people talk about this sort of stuff and this goes for holidays, vacations, mm -hmm. or even just big challenges. I have to go to a family wedding or there's some event, a work event or something like that. Like expect that it probably won't be the best experience of your life, but 
that's okay. If you, if you understand, well, I have to have this experience and it might be challenging. There's a good chance it'll be challenging, but I can take something from that challenge. It's really hard to say I have not been away on, on holiday for three years. I've barely been more than 10 miles from my house. And I think I'm going to go to Disneyland and have a tremendous time. It's going to be great. Like it's, mm. that's, that's a tough expectation to live up to. Mm. Yeah. I, I once went to uh, Disneyland Paris and found uh, 20 francs on the floor, which as a 14-year-old, that was amazing. Winning. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that has nothing, that has nothing to do with, with talking about anxiety. I just That memory just came back to my head. No, but I think it does bring up a point, though. When people are preparing for these sort of trips, some of the advice that I, I hear people get is is questionable at best. And it always comes with the best of intentions. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, well, what if I panic the whole time and the whole thing is ruined and I wind up hospitalized and I can't get home? And somebody invariably with the best of intentions will roll in and say, yeah, but what if you find 20 francs on the floor and you have a tremendous time and it's amazing? Like, yeah. You know, they try and counter that. Yeah, that's, I get that. But, you know, an anxious brain stuck in a, a disordered state would, no, 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 don't. That's ridiculous. You cannot convince it's, me. It's that not, I, it's I not interested in that, you know. It, but not anyway, it, it's really interesting with holiday anxiety as well because it's a particular type of anxiety because the expectations are on holiday is that I should be happy. Mm. I should be enjoying myself. I should be relaxed. I should be the best version of myself, whether it's, in anticipation of the holiday, whether it's on the way to holiday or, or being there. Yeah. Do not beat yourself up if you get anxious on holiday and you're like, oh my God, you know, my partner or my family are really excited. I'm sat here nervous. That's normal. If you're yeah. traveling there and getting on the plane, you're nervous. That's okay. That's normal. And when you're there and you may be struggling, particularly on day one and two, and I say this to my clients, day one and two is a write-off. And if there's any enjoyment, that's great. You're nailing it. You know, that's okay. But if you're stood there, just sat there going, oh, I'm a burden, I'm this and that, people, that isn't helping you. It's not helping anyone around you. It's not making the anxiety go away. Um, I will reassure you that the anxiety will not make you lose control. Um, I did podcast with David Carbonell um, about the fear of losing control um, about a month or so ago. Uh, and he explains, you know, you, you're not going to lose control. Anxiety does not get to a stage where you you know, you lose all control. It's always a choice, just a very, you know, a very difficult choice sometimes. Um, but yeah, just remember that, like, it's okay. You know, this isn't, your holiday is going to be an exposure and, and exposures are generally not very comfortable. But don't be surprised if you do do that. You're willing to be uncomfortable and suddenly, hey, actually, I'm having windows of my holiday that, that I enjoy. Did you ever experience that, Drew? Yeah, and, and I think uh, it's something that I, I see daily, really, like in the community surrounding the other podcasts and stuff. I mean, you know, you see it too as if we share the same audience, but people will say that. Like, oh, it was a really difficult, the first day was so hard, the plane, the flight was there, but well, I wound up enjoying myself after a few days because that, if but you have to have a willingness to have those couple of bad days. Yeah, it's a paradox, isn't it? Because you, it really you want to have a nice time. Yeah. But you've got to be willing, and again, willful tolerance of uncertainty. You've got to be willing to feel like trash. And once you're willing to feel like trash, the threat response, the stress response, half of it kind of turns off. It's like, well, actually, okay, that itself, anxiety and stress itself mm -hmm. is turned off. Uh, I'm I'm completely okay of not being 100%. Um, and then suddenly, yeah, you take the pressure off and you, start to, you honestly start to enjoy yourself a bit. Thank you.
had that. I had that experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the first couple of vacation holidays we went on, it was such a challenge for me. And the first day and a half were really difficult. Uh, but then we were gone for a week at one point, uh, which was terrifying me. But really, the last four or five days weren't horrible. Uh, I had moments where I was really enjoying myself, and I had forgotten about focusing on me. You know, that mm-hmm. thing where you, you're out of your head for a minute, and it's not all about how you feel. And I, and I had stretches where the days were good, and I was enjoying myself. It would come and go, because then I would have that realization that, uh-oh, I'm, look where I am. I'm not supposed to be here. And I would struggle again for half hour or an hour. But- it was manageable. It became manageable. I, I'm checking the anxiety. I'm checking how I feel. The yeah. compulsion, the biggest compulsions of, of anxiety disorders, isn't it? It's like, I'm checking how I feel, checking how I feel. Unfortunately, people will then use that as a barometer for to measure their success with how they're doing on holiday. So like, oh, if I'm on holiday, I'll check how I feel. Don't check. The checking is the worst moment. You don't need to check. It doesn't matter how you feel. You're yeah. not going to lose control. You're not going to have a heart attack. Your brain's not going to explode. You're not going to end up in a Spanish mental uh, asylum. You're all right. But what you need to realize is that um, when you're checking, you're signaling to the brain that you know any anxiety is bad. But also that it'll be like, well, if it's not there, then I'm doing good. No, it's not. It doesn't matter if it's there or not. Right. Right. It's not matter. <laughs> I don't know why I'm using that tone. It doesn't matter if it's there or not. But yeah, it, you know, just like, <laughs> give it's me back my PlayStation game. So that's what it sounds <laughs> like. But yeah, it's um, it's true. Like, go easy. Like, literally, go easy. You know, it's tricky. You know, it's the equivalent. Treat it like you're about to go in for surgery on your leg. Mm. You know, would you, are you lying there, like, going, why am I not having a great time? Why am I doing not? It's not always going to be surgery on your leg, but the brain yeah. will do its job and try to protect you from uncertainty. And you've got to be like, nah, I'm, this is an opportunity to practice with uncertainty. I think that that expectation too, that, well, I'm on holiday, I'm on vacation, I'm in this beautiful place where everybody's having a good time. Why do I keep focusing back on my anxiety? Why do I, why do I have to be this way? I hear that one a lot too. So the checking itself becomes failure in their eyes, you know, and I remember that. But, the, but, but it's going to happen because okay. it's automatic. Exactly yeah. right. It wasn't the checking. It was the, and I get caught up in a little bit. Mm. You know, there were times when I would start to check and I would follow that latch onto it. And then I would have a terrible three or four hours because I was, I was trying to fight and convince myself, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. But in the end, it's not the checking. That's the failure. It's, you know, when, once you recognize, oh, I'm doing that thing again. Okay. It can disengage now. And the yeah, win what, what are you doing after you checking? Because right. it's automatic. You get automatic thoughts. CBT tells you that thoughts are automatic. And, and when something's a habit for so many, for some people, years, you are going to check. But that's fine. The checking itself isn't the problem. What are you doing immediately after checking? Are yeah. you then beating yourself up checking? You'd be like, no, attention external. And that's what I used to do. I used to walk around going, oh, checking. Nope, attention external. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I checked again 10 seconds later. I started that. I don't know where it came from, but I started to visualize almost like, like sucking the attention out from behind my eyes and just like, <laughs> like, you know, how you put a, you guys call it a Hoover or a vacuum. Yeah. Like, okay, now I'm just going to turn the vacuum to reverse and just blow all the attention out in front of me. That sounds horrendously that, graphic. Drew. It <laughs> really is. It's a little bit gross just, when I say it out loud now. Maybe I should not have said that. Just imagining but. your eyes just being like sucked <laughs> in and then. 
but it was cannoned out of your eye sockets just in front of children. Yeah, a little bit. Oh my god! (laughs) Completely make the evening news. There's no doubt about that. But it used to help me. So I get that extension. You know, attention external. You know, get out there. The world is happening around me. I don't have to. I love that when you uh, you spend a lifetime telling people that anxiety can't hurt you, and then. You die graphically <laughs> when your head explodes. When, when your head explodes at Disney uh, World. Yeah, <laughs> Can you think of a sadder fate? I promise your head's like that's a explode. brilliant fate. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah. If I no. could take Mickey with me, I would do it. <laughs> and Goofy, <laughs> they're going down. Those bastards are going down with. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Animated harbingers of fascism. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh no anyway uh go to disneyland it's great don't sue me disney that's fine um but yeah okay um different yeah different types of holidays so here's another one people i i often use the analogy of the, the gear analogy mm-hmm. um you know people working in fifth gear constantly every day you know they get up they're always on their feet they're always moving um because they like to feel productive or they don't like how it feels when they stop or they're avoiding anxiety or just avoiding emotions. Mm-hmm. People who fidget, people who struggle to keep still, um, maybe people with GAD, people like that, um, and, and maybe comorbid stuff like ADHD, um, bipolar, maybe they find it difficult, <clears throat> sorry, difficult to, to stop. Um, so what would be your be advice to these people where they're perhaps they they're going from fifth gear and they're going to on a, maybe a low key holiday because their family or their partner wants to do it mm-hmm. and suddenly actually there's there's not many opportunities to to be in fifth gear. Yeah. What would, what would your advice be to those? The dreaded lay on the beach holiday. Yeah. I know some people are just terrified of. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's sort of, we could say it depends on why you don't want to sit still, but I think in the end, it's still the, the willingness to like, well, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're right. If you sit on the beach and lay there, you may have to confront your thoughts. You might feel things, you might think things that you can't drown out. Or if your constant activity and need to be busy is driven by that overachiever persona thing that sort of drives gad sometimes, like, yeah, you're going to feel really irresponsible and wrong to just sit on the beach. You're failing. You're, you're, you're letting everybody down. You're not doing your job in the end. It's all letting in an inner critic even as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, you know, so in the end, you're going to wind up in some state of discomfort either because you're experiencing these anxious thoughts or emotions that you don't like, or you feel like you are literally failing at life and letting down your dad who taught you to work hard or whatever it happens to be. But Hmm. the advice to me, for me, it's always like, yeah, there's going to be some discomfort in that, but, but we have to learn to live as as round, you know, as well rounded a life as possible. You can't live your life always in high gear. People just they know that. I know, you know, they don't want to be that way. Mm-hmm. So, like, well, for you, your your job is to learn to not do things and be okay with the discomfort of not doing things for a little bit here and there. Yeah, and and yeah. remember, most you know, highly successful people and um, do well with their rest time. Yeah. You know, in, and and I always reframe it with these kind of clients. It's uh, that is being productive. Having a week holiday is being productive. Your brain, your body, um, can come back to balance. Less of a sensitized nervous system. There's not. Oh, you could learn a skill. Like relaxing is a skill. It's oh yeah, a skill you've got to learn. It's not something. And um, yeah, whether you fear 
what happens when you relax, which is a big one, isn't it? I used to have that one a lot, which is uh, I'm just afraid of feeling stuff when I relax. And I'm afraid that I may lose control or something if I stop. Obviously, that's nonsense. But it felt really, really real. And so I would reframe it as, okay, well, I'm probably not going to lie on the beach all day because that's just not me anyway. I'd get bored. But like, I will still lie there for an hour or two and actually see that as a challenge for me. And then you can start to almost manipulate yourself. (laughs) You could be like, okay, well, I'm in fifth gear and I like taking on challenges. So here is the challenge. I'm going to try to learn a skill of relaxing, just like learning a language or learning to crochet. Relaxing is a skill I'm going to start to practice and commit to getting good at. And if that means, okay, it starts on holiday, that's okay. And again, it's that paradox, you know, don't look around you and see everyone now. You know, I go to the beach on holiday and see people like they'll lie there all day. I'm like, how are you doing that? It's I know. Amazing. I have a hard time with that. Too. Uh, but you, you don't need to compare yourself to that because everyone's different. Mm. But try it for yourself. Try and lower down the gear, see what happens. And I actually found that I can get to a stage where I can lie on a beach and and and, and relax a bit until yeah. a child comes and screams in my ear and. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, yeah, but there we go. <laughs> but it is a skill. Relaxing, sitting still, being quiet is a skill. We not we don't automatically know how to do that. In fact, I a lot of people would argue that we learn how not to do that from a very early age. Should should, that, should, that, should, that, should, should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should, should, distract, should. distract, 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 distract. Input, input, input. We need to have input. So I, I get that. But um, yeah, but there's no need to force yourself to sit for 11 hours a day on the beach. If you're not a lay on the beach, I'm not a lay on the beach person, but I can do it now for a few hours and enjoy it, which 10, 15, 20 years ago, no no way, half hour and I'm crawling out of my skin. And I suggest that to people like if you, you know, obviously lots of holidays, you don't need to do that. You know, I just recently Mm -hmm. went around Europe and driving, walking around cities, stuff like that. And, And if that is your holiday, that's okay. But I still lay down the challenge to you to just stop as well. Have yeah. some times where you just stop. I highly recommend um, doing that. I think it's really, really beneficial. Sometimes the anxiety isn't necessarily even around physically stopping, which, by the way, is an activity. Like, not doing an activity is actually an activity. So if you feel like you always have to have an activity to do, sitting on the beach is, in fact, an activity. So you could practice that. But sometimes the stopping is more specifically, I find, work-related. People that feel like, no, 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 they, they must they must be doing something work-related. And they get tremendous amounts of anxiety if they're just walking around in Barcelona. They, they shouldn't be doing that, enjoying themselves. That's what a slacker does. Well, they get guilty for yes. putting themselves first. I hear that a lot from parents as well. Yeah, you right. Know, um, I always say this as well to parents. You know, like, if you're on holiday with your kids or even without them, you're allowed it. You know, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. part of the learning process and actually it helps anxiety you know i always talk about the stress jug and things like that it's okay you know um my my, parents, my mom used to do that when i was a kid she's like you just look after him for the weekend i need to go away and i was like yeah cool then she comes but, back refreshed yeah probably a better, kind of yeah, better yeah. parent when she got back you know yeah, yeah. yeah i uh, get that so yeah 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 it's really interesting how holiday and anxiety can utilize his guilt utilize it. it taps into your self-esteem because it is it is a bubble away from your main routine it is yeah. it, you're leaving a world for a little bit and going into a different one and you get to see how your mind works and operates when it's not there it's funny too because we talk about 
you know, things like a fear ladder and, and, you know, being incremental and exposures and stuff. A lot of times the holiday is the top of the fear ladder for people. That's the top. Like if I can get myself on a plane and fly to Europe or go to Disney world or something for a week with my family, then I know I'm recovered, which is cool. And it's, it's certainly a goal that a lot of people share, but you don't have to actually be recovered in order to get on that plane. It could be part of the recovery process also. And also, yeah, go and practice being anxious because yeah. and we'll re- you're not going to freak out. You're not going to lose control. You're not, you're not going to do these things. It's okay. You know, um, and I say this to people, you, you will cope with it. Yeah. And all your brain and your anxious response screams at you is you're not going to cope with this. Well, go for it. And if it's any more reassurance, I, I've, worked with pe- I've worked with people who couldn't even leave their house and they've ended up going, you know, f- flying thousands of miles. Yeah. And it's not, and that wasn't the last step. It was like you said, Drew, it's part of the recovery process. Right. Part of it. Uh, and um, it's okay. And the fact, the fact that you're not, you're not going to get to a stage where you're like, you wake up in the morning, you're like, yes, I'm now completely anxiety free and I can go on holiday. No, it's no. part of it. It doesn't you know, happen anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you can build up to it and stuff, but you know, it's part of it. The first you know, time I had to fly to another city after I did my recovery work was actually a couple of years. I just had no reason to, to be honest with you. I didn't make it a point to do it. And even then, I was apprehensive about that. Oh, wait a minute. Am I really ready for that? And I would have told you I was fully recovered for four or five years. Mm-hmm. But then it came up and I was like, uh-oh, it really? But it was, it was fine in the end. It was just another experience I had to have. And I, so I had it. Um, <laughs> it was so funny how that t- popped up. I'm going to ask you a question because I know we're probably going to want to wrap up soon. Let's talk about flooding because that's another thing that I hear. Flooding. flooding. People get super freaked out. I mean, you know how that is. Somebody walks into your your practice and they're completely homebound. You're not going to duct tape them to a plane and send them to Tokyo for a week to do like one. I'm not not doing that again. No, that was some ethical questions was raised when I did that. (laughs) Um, Unless they put it on reality TV in England and then I guess it's okay. Yeah. When we talk about exposure, I talk about exposure work in this podcast and in Untangle Your Anxiety. And there's different types of exposure to um, anxious stimuli. So if something scares you, you can do graded exposure, so build up to it. So if you're afraid of a shopping mall or you're afraid to go on holiday or afraid to drive somewhere far away, you can do graded exposure a bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Or you can do flooding, which is um, made famous by uh, a Dutch psychologist called, I think it's Dr. Oost. Yeah, it was yeah, Dr. Something. Oost. Remember that, where, where he, he cured a woman's snake phobia in like one hour. Um, and uh, which was, you know, it's really interesting actually if you watch on YouTube. Um, and that's when you expose yourself to the stimulus, like straight away, just throw yourself in there. Uh, both can work. I think what Drew is trying to point out is that in our communities, people are afraid of flooding. Um, I don't really use the term flooding. It's just go for it. You know, you're going to be anxious either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but flooding does not equal losing control you know you th- some people will say oh but what if i expose myself to too much and it becomes overwhelming and i end up back at square one do you hear right. that quite a bit drew yeah and i think that's because that's always the caveat when it comes to that like we're going to rip the band-aid off i'm going to go from housebound to three thousand miles away in two days and stay there for two weeks until i'm better 
it is possible it, depending on your expectations and how you're how much you're willing to do that yeah it's backfire and that was such a terrible experience that i don't want to leave my house that does happen and i mm. think people get afraid that like oh but if i take this next step and go on holiday will that be flooding and will i just completely destroy all the progress well, well but, but flooding doesn't destroy progress that's the thing it's just the only thing that destroys progress is is the decisions that we make after it. Sorry, you can hear a strudel, strudel barking in the background. There. Let's be on the podcast. All right. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be on the podcast. He's he's probably more interesting. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's flooding. It's the it's okay. Flooding is not a negative word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is in general. You know, right. <laughs> if yeah, where you live general. is flooding. Yeah. Then yeah, that's yeah. probably a negative probably experience. Negative. Sure. But actually, flooding isn't good because when you look at it from a you know, from a symbolic or an imaginative point of view, you know, flooding is like, oh, I don't want to be flooded with anything. So yeah. I don't really use flooding. I just call it um, high level exposure. Go in, right. you know, right. really go in. I don't really, I don't really like the term flooding because um, nothing's really flooding you. Okay, there's more adrenaline and cortisol being released, you know, but the, you're not really flooding. Like flooding, the connotations with flooding is suffocation, trapped. Yeah. Uh, damage, uh, and actually, no. The, the psychological flooding; those connotations do not apply. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you if you're thinking, oh, what if I, you know, go this place and I'm flooding really hard, and and I go back to square one? No, you're not. You just decided, actually, this is now too much for me. But it's not too much for you. It's okay. It's a bit different to- if you struggle with PTSD and stuff. You do that alongside someone, and because that can be. Uh, kind of, you can re-traumatize sometimes. Actually, some of the exposure work might just be a waste of energy. Yeah, if you don't do it properly, and I would definitely not recommend flooding for that. But in general, the vast majority of people do not have PTSD. Um, but I'm just saying that as a, you know, as, yeah. as a disclaimer. But I think the same rules kind of apply. You use the word decisions, and I think in this case, you you keep making decisions. You have mm-hmm. to keep making those decisions all the way through the planning process for the holiday, going on the holiday, being every day. Because the the issue with flooding becomes you have that, oh my God, this was too much. And then you hug that thought and you latch onto it and you ride it for the next seven days. This is too much. I shouldn't have done this. This is awful. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's an unwillingness to experience it and you're bracing and fighting the entire time. Yeah, that could be. And that's the problem. It's the suddenly those thoughts became more important. Yep. Yeah. But Uh, you have a choice. And they're just thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But expect them. Expect, write them down. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. Like, what what's the thought that's going to make you doubt? Well, write it down on paper, mm. and then then you can anticipate it when it comes. You know, oh, actually, I already I already saw you coming. You know? Right. Yeah, right. yeah, that's fine. Drew, thank you very much. I know you've been on before. But where can people find you? Everything is at my website, theanxioustruth.com. Just go there. All the links, the podcasts, the books, and all that's all there. Excellent. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, and I've, uh, if go follow him on social media, the anxious truth, um, you can follow me if you don't anxiety, Josh. Um, I've just set up a TikTok now, um, called anxiety, Josh. Uh, it has about five people following me. So if, if you're on TikTok, go find me, that would be nice. And I can do that. Um, guy in his thirties doing a TikTok videos. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So good. We can do it. And um, we'll see that. Okay, Drew, I will catch you soon. It's always a pleasure. And people for listening, thanks for tuning in. And I'll catch you soon. 
Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you enjoy the Panic Pod, I'd really appreciate a review on the streaming service that you use. This could be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or anything similar. And another friendly reminder that if you want the free newsletter every week directly from me, go sign up to the mailing list at schoolofanxiety.com or in any of the bio links on my social media platforms. And that's at Anxiety Josh. Have a lovely week ahead.